Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. I'm going to be your hand that leads you through this heretical podcast talking about dirty Xenos and the corruption of heresy. And this week I'm joined by my co-host, friend, and uh, battle brother in this episode, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? I'm doing okay. Apprehensive. Um, do you know where an exit is? Because I might like to get off this ride. Oh, there's no exit in the warp, Jesse. You're here as long as the demons want you to be. Ah, uh, so forever then. All right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this episode, uh, we are, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, we're actually recording it. I'm going to be editing it and then publishing it tonight. Uh, just because I was out on a work trip last week. So Jesse and I were unable to record an episode for um, the 18th of March uh, to get published or the 19th, like I say in that outros quite often, depending on how much I'm doing or if I'm horrifically sick or, you know, forget to hit the publish button. But uh, we didn't have a backlog. So uh, this is and I, I got actually stuck over an extra day on my trip because a pilot apparently didn't want to fly out. That's a whole thing. We won't talk about it here, but yeah. Uh, so normally when Jesse and I don't have a episode in the hopper ready to go, uh, we usually fall back to something a little bit uh, less strenuous, something that's maybe one of us can talk about um, in greater detail without a whole lot of research or something a little bit more free flowy, like our, uh, what have you been watching recently? But since we've already done one of those uh, pretty recently, um, I suggested to Jesse that we do a topic around, um, some news we got, re uh, some news we got, uh, about Henry Cavill kind of joining forces with, I think it was Amazon and games workshop to like bring some Warhammer 40 K, uh, media to us. And I was really excited about that. Uh, Henry Cavill's kind of a, seems to be a semi nerd icon, um in the world and i love the lore of warhammer 40k i'm not the biggest fan of the company that makes the models that go with the the, the tabletop war game that they go with but i do really find i find the lore to be incredibly fascinating and that's actually why i'm kind of disappointed that i don't love the tabletop more um, but i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about it give some overview uh, so when we learn a little bit more about what Henry Cavill is going to be doing with them, we can then go back and have a starting base of knowledge to go off of and work from because the Warhammer 40k lore is deep, extensive, and I by no means am an expert, but I can at least start us off and get us going. So when we do learn a little bit more about what they're doing, we can go, okay, we already talked about what a space Marine and an inquisitor are. We don't need to recover that. We can just go forward from here about what particular type of inquisitor they are, or what potential story they're going to tell. So and Jesse's just along for the ride. Yes. I, I'm just as clueless as anyone else. If not. Great. So, uh, we'll dive kind of right into it. Uh, Warhammer 40 K is a, uh, Dark, dark, grim, dark. In fact, uh, they kind of coined that term. Uh, fantasy, sci-fi world. Uh, 
set in the far, 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 forty uh, first, forty second millennium, um, which is the Warhammer forty k. The k is the you know millennium type stuff. So, um, really, the kind of start off with the Games Workshop is a British company, and they uh, originally came out. They were they 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 like to claim they're a model company first. Um, they have a few IPs uh, that they kind of work with. Uh, Warhammer, um, Age of Sigmar. Now it used to be Warhammer Fantasy, which is your like sword and sorcery, medieval type stuff. Uh, Lord of the Rings um, is a good reference. They also have a Lord of the Rings Middle Earth strategy game. Um, and they also have Warhammer 40K, which is their sci-fi kind of fantasy setting. So you have a lot of the same themes and elements that you have in fantasy, but just, you know, sci-fi added. So instead of, you know, it's all swords and gallantry, it's laser guns and psychers and mental powers. Um, and so the company itself, you buy models, you can paint them and build them, and then you get to put them on the table and you move them around and you roll dice. And when you roll dice, things happen or things don't happen. And it's uh, fun. I'll tell you, um, I do a lot of it with other game mechanics. I do have a uh, Warhammer 40k army that is growing dusty in some box in a closet because I haven't played it for years now. But Again, like I said earlier, I just love the lore. It is so fascinating. Um, characters in 40K are like just, you know, one of the many characters are like main characters in other books. Like that's the lore, the backstory, the grandioseness of them. There is a massive library that is associated with both 40K and fantasy and it's just crazy the amount of books that they put out and like the lore that they build. So we're just going to talk about it. <laughs> um, yes, because the aspiring ultra nerds such as myself need some help along the way, Michael. We, we wouldn't even know where to begin with something as massive and with as ridiculous of a library as Warhammer 40k. Yeah. So I was and, trying to think about and, and the internet doesn't always give you the right answers. Sometimes <laughs> you start in the wrong place. Yeah. I, if you want to start on the most basic level, I recommend, uh, I think it's Warhammer 40 K. Uh, Oh, so it's, it's from the YouTube channel lore Warhammer 40 K in a minute. Um, and they have a whole bunch of other videos. They're pretty, they're pretty funny. Um, but it's like a very, very brief rundown of the lore, and it's extensive. Um, where, and I was trying to be the clear on that. Whether you're saying like, you know, where do where do you even start? Is is something I have to deal with too. Trying to explain this is like, where do I start? Do I explain uh, what the horse heresy is? Do I explain all the different factions? Do I explain the timeline? Do I explain? Um, all the stuff that goes into that there, there's so much so i thought i would kind of do was i'll start with the factions uh kind of go from there give a little bit of history here and there with them and just kind of go from that point point. and then if you 
if you want some more information, Jesse, feel free to chime in. Um, if there's a particular faction you uh, speaks to you, let me know. I'll try to give you a little bit more in depth. But kind of how it's broken out is that you have three major overall groups, okay? So on one side, you have, and kind of our main, quote-unquote, main characters, uh, a lot of the books are based around them. A lot of the history we know is based around them. Uh, a lot of the information we actually get in in lore is kind of presented as like facts and information from this uh, larger group, which is the Imperium of Man. Humans, okay? <laughs> ah, the real winners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so inside the Imperium of Man, uh, you have smaller sub factions so we're talking about this is a galaxy spanning uh world right this isn't just like the solar system or, or you know soul our solar system or uh, a pocket of it we're talking wide sweeping edges of the galaxy millions of worlds type sphere so it's some of these numbers are kind of hard to comprehend like the Imperium has these things called hive cities, uh, which is on a planet, an entire civilization level of hundreds of millions of people all living in one city. And they're huge and gigantic sprawling. Um, like you think uh, Judge Dredd and they're like mega cities, uh, that type of stuff. The, the entire planet of Coruscant from Star Wars like that type of stuff, only people like packed in like sardines, living and dying in terrible living conditions. So scale is very big in 40K. Some of the factions you have inside of that are the, we'll, we'll start we'll start with the, the, the poster children of 40K. You have your space marines, okay? Space right. marines are your genetically altered, power armor wearing superhuman almost uh abhuman now at this point because they've been so genetically modified uh quote unquote good guys i say quote unquote because as we'll continue talking about there's really no good guys in the 40k universe everyone's just shades of black um with very few strokes into gray um so everybody sucks. Good to know. Yep. Oh yeah. If if you talk to a forty, so like most uh, avid fantasy or uh, you know science fiction or m most fandoms, if you're like, hey, you know, would you like to? What, what if you had a choice? Would you go to your favorite fandom? And if that favorite fandom is like maybe Star Wars, people would be like, yeah, I'd like to go there. I'd like to be a Jedi. That sounds fun. Or you know, some people would be like, yeah, I'd like to go to Middle Earth. That'd be kind of cool. Um, if you talk to a 40k fan, they're like, no, I don't want to go there. That place sucks. <laughs> so this is actually a good segue for my first question then. Yeah. You let me know if this is kind of what you had intended or not. But mm -hmm. for someone who is very much a fan of RPGs, but typically likes to lean towards, you know, to use Star Wars, the light side of the spectrum, where is the appeal in something where everybody is pretty much just a slightly bigger bag of shit than the person you met before. 
before or the class <laughs> that you met before. Yeah. So I would say that's probably you're looking at space Marines. That's, that's kind of, they're kind of the goodest of the good, um, of the goodest of the, the okay. Uh, a lot of the space Marines do kind of have that. In fact, the, probably the best example would be, uh, your ultra ultra Marines who are in the fandom, like referred to as blue boy scouts. They're like the, you know, righteous guys. They, had a um, Primark, which I'll touch on in a little bit, who was like the bestest of the boys. Um, they're, they're kind of the good guys, if you had to do a good guy. They have a section of the galaxy that is under their control that's like hundreds of planets strong. Um, they rule very justly. They are always willing to help. They're, they're, they're the best guys. So that's kind of like, that. they're your starting point for being good. Now, they are kind of dicks, um, but they're dicks for, you know, fairly good reasons. Because in this universe, if somebody, um, you know, starts listening to the heads in their voice, opposed to just kind of going crazy, uh, they could rip open a, a, a rend in reality and have demons pouring in through their skull uh, and killing an entire population. So, you know, sometimes you have to be a dick <laughs> to stop and, stuff like that from happening. And to be clear, you know, I don't always play as the you know superman boy scout type trope because sometimes i just like to fuck with people for the sake of it as well but from a general point of view someone who usually falls on that end of how they like to build their characters morality we say can still find enjoyment here oh yeah i think so that's the so that's the cool part of this right and, and yeah. i and, and i say that because and i think you would agree with me that morality typically plays a pretty big hand in games such as these yeah so most of these uh are tabletop war games so you don't have to really worry about like oh well, what's this character going to think of you it's mostly just kill the other side and win points um yeah, <laughs> yeah. but to be said, like, that's one of the fun things about 40K is that um, kind of with the Imperium of Man, you had this god emperor. And I'm going to say a lot of things and you're going to be like, hey, that sounds like this other IP. And you're correct. They shamelessly ripped off tons of IPs here. In fact, so that they got sued at one point for it. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, so there was this god emperor of mankind. And... In the prehistory, millennia ago, in the 40, uh, 40K timeline and millennia from where we are currently, uh, the human race spread out through the galaxy, blah, 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 prosperity, blah, 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 greatness, blah, 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 coolness. Then something bad happened and all of the, the, the great schism, everyone got separated. This one guy, the God Emperor, rose to power on Holy Terra, Earth. And slowly started taking control of it and then was looking to branch out and take more control. And to do this, he started working with genetics and started uh, making super soldiers. And like I was mentioning before, the Space Marines are those super soldiers. But before he did that, he made Primarchs. Uh, Primarchs were these extra special boys that he made. Um, and they were quote unquote, his children. And so he made these Primarchs, these um, original 
So he made these 20 Primarchs, these super soldiers. They were going to be like the templates for his uh, Legion Astotes, uh, these other super powered, power armored uh, crusaders for his grand plan to branch out and reunite the empire of man across the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. These 20, uh, these 20 Primarchs, um, before he was able to institute them, got ripped away from him uh, through chaos means and in the lore, potentially the lady that was helping her make, um, helping him make them might have been tricked into it or saw what he was going to do because I'm going to tell you right now, Jesse, the God Emperor of Mankind is a terrible father. <laughs> like, just bad. Just oh. really, really bad father. You know, that's nice. I'm sure it will provide plenty of trauma for the characters to have a good character arc. So, Oh, yeah. Series, uh, multi-series uh, books leading up to the uh, Horus Heresy, um, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but through that, there was all these different Primarchs. There's all these different legions. Each one of these legions of Space Marines kind of took on different elements. Uh, there was even some... Similarity between what their Primarch had, uh, for example, Lehman Russ is the Primarch of the Space Wolves. Um, cool name. And yep. he um, was found on a planet in uh, Fenris, again, with just an ice world with a bunch of Vikings on it. Again, you're just like, hey... That seems like you're just stealing from other things. That's exactly that's all this is. This is a bunch of just references to other things they did. They were shamelessly ripping off stuff. Um, but on Fenris, he kind of uh, gained this genetic abnormality in his gene seed, the thing that is the baseline for all space marines of a particular legion, um, where he kind of had fangs and was a little bit furrier. And even now, his legion uh, sometimes they turn into effectively werewolves <laughs> um, and they have like better sense of smell and um, than other space Marines. So each one has like some genetic stuff that goes along with them. And through this uh, you have your different legions and you can kind of play differently. And there's some different rules for each one of them. Uh, the white scars are really good at like uh, fast attack um, with bikes and things like that. The, um, Thousand Suns are really good at sorcery and the Salamanders are really good at fire and things. So there's these different aesthetics of each legion. And then subsequently from there, you have the Horus Heresy that happened where there was a schism in the Imperium where about half of the um, legions went traitor and turned to chaos and there was a giant civil war that was terrible and bad things happened all across the way. Um, Horus, uh, the Horus heresy name, uh, who was the first son and most beloved of the sons of the God Emperor, uh, potentially sometimes it goes back and forth in the lore, um, led the revolt and he brought a bunch of his brothers with him. And so... What happened with that was then the Imperium was like, oh, shit, we almost crap. They almost killed all of us. That's bad. Uh, we can't have all of these Imperial like legions of, of like hundreds of thousands of these superpowered soldiers all together. Let's break them up into smaller little chapters. And so now there's a, a bunch of little chapters that come off of these, um, the ones that were loyal. 
And so that's kind of a long way of me answering your question, Jesse, of if you wanted to make your own space Marine chapter, that was like, they are Jedi's. They are, you know, they're just a, a chapter of Obi-Wan Kenobi's. You could do that. You can make them. It could be your chapter. You could use some rules from another book um, and you can make your own chapter. And that's the cool thing is that there's that ability because there's so many of them, because it's kind of hard to keep track of them all. You can build your own and there's fun ones out there. There's um, ones that are like, what was their name? They're effectively like, uh, they're like sharks. They like show up. They, they are good guys, but they show up and just like kill everybody. And like, just they're like, even if you're not requesting help, they'll like suddenly show up and be like, Hey, guess what? We're helping you. And you're like, no, I don't want help. And they're like, Nope, we're doing it. Murder all these fools. So it's, it's fun in the sense that the space Marines allow for a lot of ability for you to pick and choose what you want to add but then also there's some base stuff of like i was mentioning the space wolves being like space vikings and um the let's see who else uh gray knights who are a special faction they're all psychers which means they have extra special abilities but they hunt demons and if you really want to hunt demons you can be them or the black templars who are a crusading faction which means they don't have a planet they call their own they just have giant fleets and they fly around and they kill chaos because they're bad <laughs> that's fun I think. yeah yeah it's fun it's cool they're one of my favorite uh space marine chapters but there's a lot uh, that's just the, that's just one part of the imperium of man right the space marines are your um towering behemoths of power armor um actually the halo games were originally halo Combat Evolved is actually supposed to be a Space Marine game, but then Games Workshop is like, nah, we don't want to do that, and then kick themselves ever since. <laughs> we'll move on to the rest of the Imperium. So you have Space Marines, right? So you have fancy, super-powered uh, guys with fancy, super-powered space armor, uh, with fancy, super-powered uh, machines, like Dreadnoughts, which are like coffins with arms that like you put a dead space Marine into and he's like, I live again, kill um, and tanks and all that stuff. Then you have like the normal humans because those still exist. <laughs> and in that realm, you have what's called the Imperial Guard or the uh, Astartes uh, Militarum, I think is what they call it. They changed, they changed the names on me since the last time I, I still just call them. Uh, imperial guard but that's like you that's like your bog standard like soldier that's just your normal human who's handed a las gun and said go kill that thing over there and the cool part about the imperial guard is that it takes the idea of early russian uh, military doctrine during like world war ii where they're like here you get a gun and the next three guys get bullets. And then when the guy with the gun dies, one of you takes the gun and then we'll just throw as many bodies as we can at the problem until it stops being a problem or we blow up the entire planet. So that's kind of how the Imperial Guard function. They have tanks uh, that are really cool. They have other, some other technology that's pretty fun, but really it's about like the sheer mass of bodies pointing enough guns at something it will eventually die is kind of the process as most things tend to do yeah 
And inside of the Imperium of the Imperial Guard, you have uh, you have your basic structure of, you know, captains, generals, all that type of stuff, a military structure. And then you have something kind of along the side of it. And like I said, the reference to uh, World War II Russia, you have these things called commissars who are like political officers who are in the chain of command, but outside of the chain of com command. And they're really responsible for the morale of uh, the officer or the, of the units. And when I say morale, um, most of the time they're just real big dicks. Uh, and they actually do something uh, where if like to prevent um, people from retreating, they'll actually shoot their own soldiers to like kind of motivate everybody else to keep going. Um, <laughs> again, not a great place to live. Uh, now question, if you shoot yes. said soldier to get them going, doesn't that detract from their overall health? Doesn't that hurt well, you a little bit? No, that's so that's remember, like I said, there's like thousands of these units, right? Like oh. when, when an Imperial guard regiment shows up, we're talking, like thousands upon tens of thousands of soldiers. So if a commissar is working in the trenches with a group of Imperial guard, and they're trying to hold the line against some sort of Xenos threat, uh, it's better to kill one guy to raise to quote unquote, raise the morale of the rest of the unit and have them keep fighting. Cause you know, that was a thing. Like I can kill you. I'll, I'll kill each and every one of you. Or you can die and fight in front of me, type stuff. So it it's it's kind of reverse psychology. <laughs> uh, okay, well that makes sense. Yeah, kind of. But <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have the Imperial Guard, your box standard guys. Uh, they sometimes fight along Space Marines. They most of the time don't. Um, there's entire planets that are just dedicated to turning out regiments of Space Marines. Um, there's different planets that are really famous for them um and there's like references to like um death worlds where everything's trying to kill you on the death world uh and they are essentially rambos uh there's like desert inspired uh military units there's your bog standard guys who just look normal um there's just a bunch of stuff that's fun about them because again just like the space marines if you really are dedicated to the modeling side of this you can spend time and like make your own guard regiment with your own lore and your own like banners and colors and stuff so because they come from so many different worlds you can pull from more of a historical look if you want to there's those options or you can just kind of pull from the their military units that look semi futuristic type stuff that's fun, um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you have things like the Adeptus Mechanicus, which are like your technomancers. Um, there's kind of there, there's there is running jokes in the uh, fandom of how machines work for the Imperium. Um, they don't really work like other machines. There's machine spirits, quote unquote, which are or are not AI technology because AI is bad in the Imperium. They don't like AI. So it maybe it's just really dumb AI. But the tech priests of the um, Adeptus Mechanicus are actual priests. They like do prayers and they light incense 
and they like pour holy, uh, holy oils. It's like a religion to them. They actually, it's, it is a religion and they have their own, uh, army factions with, uh, like Tesla guns and they like seriously augment themselves with cybernetics and they're kind of, they're newer, um, in the sense of they are came out kind of after I stopped playing, but they're kind of fun. They have an interesting aesthetic. It's almost like steampunk look to them. So yeah, they're also in charge of like making all the guns and making sure that like all the technology for the Imperium is working too. So yeah. Well, you want responsible workers, you know, you always go for steampunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, Next, we have the Adeptus uh, Custodes, which are like the bodyguards of the Emperor. Like, if a space marine is like a super genetically altered human, a Adeptus Custodes is like a super altered uh, space marine in that type of, you know, progression type thing. They're better than space marines in most every way. They have the best technology in every way. Um their halberts like their melee weapons because there's a lot of melee weapons in the far future even though there's laser guns and stuff um have like guns on the end of them which is really cool looking uh but they're kind of like the shiny boys uh golden armor the best of the best stuff um very expensive to field in like a tabletop sense like you you get to field like really expensive things not that many but yeah uh, then you have the Adeptus Sororitas, which are your uh, religious zealot uh, female battle sisters um, who like burning things with flamethrowers and meltaguns, which is just like a meltagun is like a superheated uh, cannon that shoots hot air and melts things really well. Um, they're just normal humans in power armor, but they pray a lot and they shoot things and kill them. So religion. <laughs> Like, that's never happened before. Right. Uh, then you have your uh, Imperial Knights, which are kind of like giant robots, but like uh, knightly orders of robots and families and their chivalry involved. And they're, they're giant robots with like fancy guns. Um, they were starting to come out when I was getting out of the, the game and they were like super overpowered and really unfun to play with. So I don't... They're, they're kind of fun because they also, when they first came out, were like, these are the Imperial Knights. None of them have ever fallen to chaos. And then, surprise, surprise, when we get to chaos here in a little bit, there's Imperial Chaos Knights. So, um, but... Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. But with all of this going on, right, like, who are all these factions battling, right? You have outside forces um, and, in fact, some inside forces. Uh, so you have the works of chaos and you have the works of the Xenos, right? Or alien. Um, and so to combat these, you have special groups uh, of the Inquisition um, who kind of fall into three categories. Ones that focus on um, chaos specifically, one that focus on uh, the witch or like the psyker uh, internal threats. And then you have one that focus on uh, Xenos, um, aliens and things like that so they kind of have like this very outside of the structure of the imperium they are able to like just show up and be like hey guess what i own this now all of you report to me and then most 
everybody in the Imperium goes, oh, okay, Inquisitor, cool. If I say no, you're going to shoot me in the face. So, yes. Um, <laughs> and they can be their own, like, independent person, or they can have, like, an entire sh uh, fleet of ships behind them, or they can lead entire Inquisitions into a planet. They are kind of they're they're like main characters in your books right like that's the level of craziness these guys show up with and gals um and then the last little kind of portion of that is you have the uh officiaro assassinorum essentially assassins uh and there are different kinds of assassins that are it's really cool because like the assassins there if i remember correctly there's three kinds or no, sorry, five kinds of assassins. Um, and they're all like taken from birth, uh, trained up. Um, one of them is like a super awesome sniper uh, assassin. You can like, you know, shoot from super far away. Uh, then you have other assassins that like can change their look and can like kind of sneak in and be stealthy. You have like rage android monsters that like just are drugged up to no... Uh, a, a, like an ungodly amount and like dropped into a battlefield and like they're like go kill things and they're like anger bullets lasers death and then they like just die or they if they survive then they get like knocked out again and then they get put into like um uh, cryo sleep and then get dropped on another battlefield randomly um and then you have other ones that are like uh, anti-psychers uh which again are just kind of like mental powers some people have in this universe so they're kind of fun. They uh, like kind of show up every once in a while in the lore and things. So, yeah. So that's just kind of like the Imperium of Man as an overview. It's a lot, but and that's just the Imperium of Man. Like, that's just yeah. That's just one of the groups we're talking about here. So just the Imperium of Man. <laughs> and you can see why some of us are reticent to even dip our toes into something like this. Oh yeah, it is. It is deep, complicated, and crazy. So. We'll move on to the next uh, group of them, which is the Armies of Chaos. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Imperium of Man was kind of nice and happy after the, the, the God Emperor showed up and was like, hey, Primarchs, hey, Conquest. And they spread out through the galaxy. And then the um, Horus Heresy happened, which is where Horus hey, and... You gotta talk more about that. Yeah, so that's like a whole thing in itself. Like I said, there's so many, like, I'm just trying to cover like the generic -y ideas of it. There's a lot. But Horus and several of his brothers and their Space Marine legions decided that they were upset with how the Emperor was leading things uh, for varying different reasons. That's kind of the, that, that's why it's really cool when you start really diving into this lore because each one of the brothers some of them had their own reasons like um horace was just upset that he felt like the emperor was abandoning what he had set out to do and was you know kind of being weak about it and logar from the word bearers uh just really wanted to worship chaos gods <laughs> and that's how he kind of helped horace push he pushed horace into to the rebellion and then uh the what's his name from the night lords um uh cory uh i always say their name corian kurz um kurz uh was just like i'm batman i'm mad and then just yeah um which is great if you want to read one a book that essentially 
uh, uh, Primark is just like, oh, I'm Batman, and but does like does kill people unlike Batman. Um, <laughs> so each one of them kind of had their own reasons, but they all decided they wanted to revolt, uh, cause the schism. They did fail, but because of that, they have now broken off into their own thing called the Chaos Space Marines uh, Legions. They are corrupted by the Dark Gods. You have the four Chaos Gods. Uh, Korn, who is like um, blood, uh, skulls for the skull throne, um, all that type of stuff. Blood, physical melee attack, doesn't like psychic powers, no magic for him and his boys. Uh, just brutal death and the honor of death on the battlefield. Uh, then you have Zinch, who is the god of change and magic. Um, him and Korn don't get along all that well. Um, but he can, like, see into the future. He, like, they manipulate things. Um, a lot of magic there. Then you have Nurgle, uh, who's sometimes referred to as Papa Nurgle, who's all about pestilence and plague and uh, rot and decay. Um, that goes along with that. And then you have Slanesh, the dark prince of excess and um really sexual things also they are referred to as he her uh and it kind of flows back and forth and that's kind of a theme with a lot of their demons specifically so each one of them kind of controls like these four things and they cause the they helped the chaos space marines kind of revolt and then some of the chaos space marines has subsequently fallen to being specific believers or prophets of those different gods and so but they've done the nasty and the pasty most likely oh yeah no they're gross it's 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 the chaos is is crazy there's because of the allure of the different cults they can grant you great immense power um but they also are very fickle so you have things like uh, chaos spawn which are former people potentially a space marine potentially a human um that either a sought favor with the gods and failed or the gods just were like hey frank over there guess what you're a chaos spawn now and then he's frank's like blah, 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 and like turns into a giant horrific mass of limbs and uh claws and tentacles and eyeballs so yeah it gets the the demons are really where it's body horror real Cronenberg stuff. Hey, don't you threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Chaos Space Marines, they fall in line with the, uh, the demons of Chaos. Uh, the demons themselves have their own armies uh, with bloodthirsters who are just like your classic devil-looking guys um, for corn and Nurgle has like uh, plague bringers, which are just like fat bloated corpses and just a whole bunch of stuff. So the chaos gods, they, they, they're kind of mean. I w actually have, like I said, a chaos faction because I love chaos. I think it's really fun because death to the false emperor, all that funness. Um, then you also have infidels, right? Uh, heretics is what they prefer. Ah, well. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for keeping me woke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, clarification. Um, and then inside of that, you also have, like I said, uh, your Chaos Knights, because 
Games Workshop is like, hmm, Imperial Knights, none of them have ever fallen to chaos. And it's just like, they're definitely going to fall to chaos at some point because you guys are just cutting out an entire group of people that want to want to play with them. So Chaos Knights, they're like the same thing that the Imperial Knights are. They're just evil. Then they have spiky bits. That's that's a big thing with chaos. A lot of spikes. <laughs> so what prevents like every group in this game from just falling into the chaos, Michael? Because it sounds yeah. pretty appealing on the surface. <laughs> well, that's kind of one of the big things is that uh, with humans uh, or the Imperium of Man, it is a lot of uh, re religion and dogma and also like your will. So a lot of the Space Marine chapters are very strong. They they shall know they shall know no fear is a big thing with them. So like the um, Imperial or the Grey Knights, no one, none of the Grey Knights, the Imperial are sorry, none of the Grey Knights, the Space Marine chapter has ever fallen to chaos. They've never been corrupted by chaos. It is simply just their belief in the God Emperor and the belief that chaos is bad. Now. To be said, uh, there's a lot of chaos cults out there. That's actually that's one of the things that one of the inquisitions specifically targets is chaos cults. So th there's a lot of dysfunction in the Imperium. So I say it's hard to fall to them, but entire planets can be taken over by chaos overnight sometimes. Just overnight, huh? So a little more slowly than in real life. <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit. But you have um, specific factions like the Death Guard, uh, which was original was originally one of the um, legions, uh, are for Nurgle. They are about, you know, plague, rot. They are much tougher to kill. You have your uh, Thousand Sons, which are your, like, wizards. Um, they like to shoot magic, and they're psychers and that type of thing. Um, and just to be clear, when I say psyker, it is like a... Uh, it it blends it kind of gets sometimes used interchangeably between like magic and like uh, telekinesis type stuff like mental powers so that's kind of what a psyker is and then like world eaters are your corn boys they you know like I said before blood for the blood god skulls for his skull throne um, just death kill murder that type of stuff so you keep saying it's psyker you said Psyker, yeah. Uh, P. You, you say that, and I hear Cypher, the Pokemon. <laughs> Very different things. <laughs> I had a feeling, but I always just hear Cypher in my head, and then there was a bunch of slashing. So. Fair. Um, so, yeah, that's Chaos. Uh, now we'll move into the Xenos armies, um, which are aliens, which is pretty much is not human or not demon. Um, that everyone else falls into that other bucket, I guess, because it's a very human centric mindset in this forty first. It's a pretty fucking huge bucket. <laughs> it is. Um, so starting off, you have because again, remember this is all based around like fantasy, but sci fi fantasy. You have the uh, Aldari, which when I was playing were the Eldar, uh, which are pretty much your space elves. Okay, we'll just they're space elves. Um, they are actually a dying race of space elves. They kind of had a major problem um, with excess and um, hedonism and things like that. They're actually the reason that the god Slanesh exists. 
uh, which caused the rupture and caused the splitting of the old uh, Empire of Man. So fun thing there, the Aldari caused that. But they're a dying race. They don't breed, they they uh, don't have as, uh, they are long-lived, but don't have as many kids. Um, they're also trying to prevent their souls from getting eaten by Slanesh, because that sounds terrible. Um, they're on these things called craft worlds, which are giant uh, ships uh, that float through space. Um, they also can, like, see into the future sometimes. Uh, they swing back from being like, we're going to support the Imperium of Man to being, we're the enemy of Imperium of Man, or we're pushing this other faction to attack the Imperium of Man. But it's for the greater good, but not really for the greater good, because that's a different faction. Um, but yeah, so they're, 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 they're space elves, you know, they're there, they're dying out. Um, they, they, they're pretty good psychers as well, so. Yeah, I'd say they have a, a natural affinity for it. <laughs> then on that flip side, just like you have for the Imperium of Man, you have good and you have the chaos. You also have dark elves, so uh, which are the Dukari or the Dark Eldar, um, who are interesting. They they are very close to like body horror. Uh, they have like entire cults. Uh, inside of their groups that are like devoted to like slicing up people and other things and like making some sort of homunculi's uh, disgusting creatures. They also have like gladiators, battle pits and things like that. They do a lot of slaving and raiding. Um, well, they'll go to a fa uh, a planet and they'll steal slaves to bring back to their um, home planet to then, you know, do with what you do with those types of things. So they're kind of gross and terrible. Um, but they also are trying to like, instead of like capturing the souls like the Eldar do or the Eldari do and like prevent them from getting eaten by Slanesh, they like offer up other sacrifices to Slanesh to be like, don't eat our souls, please. So two different methods there to stop your soul getting eaten. I just imagine carrying a sign around, don't eat my soul. <laughs> Have yeah. children, please. Um, and then there's kind of this faction that's in between those two called the Harlequins, um, which are uh, some sort of theater troupe of Eldars that run around. They're interesting, but we'll move on. Uh, next, you have your good old classic orcs, um, who I think are one of the best factions in this just because they're hilarious. Uh, but it's orcs spelt with a K. Um, and how they talk is kind of like in a Cockney accent. Um, which is funny and they they're they're kind of they're real goofy uh a lot of their stuff works because they believe it will work um so like an orc will like have a gun and will be shooting the gun and then if like a imperial soldier like kills that orc and picks up that gun to shoot that gun it won't work for the imperial soldier because it shouldn't have worked in the first place but because the orc believed it it was so. Um, they're real goofy. Uh, they have an entire economy based around teeth. Um, so you have your like your in your mouth, the teeth in your mouth. Like they fall out, and you punch teeth, and you sell teeth. And it's it's a very interesting thing. Um, they are a fungus slash animal human or like um, uh, mammal type 
organism. So like if a orc shows up on a planet and then eventually you can have an entire orc infestation. Um, and even if you kill all the orcs, you might have like slowly every once in a while, like a surge of orcs coming back up. It is very confusing on how they're, how they replicate. The lore is not very clear on that all the time, but they're a very fun, goofy faction. Um, they have this thing called a wog, which is W A A A A A A G H, which is war. And they scream it and they like killing things and they like getting good. They like good fights. Um, that's that they don't really care about much else except fighting. And yeah. <laughs> and building things that are goofy and weird. And they're, 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 they're a real fun faction. <laughs> they sound like it. Yeah. Yeah. You can call those guys and set up a kegerate. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they would love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then uh, you have the Necrons, which are like space robot zombie Terminators. Um, <laughs> they are... Uh, yeah, it's a zombie Terminator. Yeah, so they're like... They, they are robots. Do but... they resemble Arnold from the 80s in zombie form? No. So, so they then are I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so they're like terminators in the sense of like just metal skeletons, okay. but they don't die. They come back to life. So that's kind of like the zombie side of it where they like, they actually have, a, they used to have a, a, a rule in game uh, called they'll be back. Um, but now it's called reanimation protocol because again, they didn't want to get sued. Um, but so they, like, they just made literal like, terminators then yeah so that's what they first came out were just like terminators they were just uh cold unfeeling death machines that uh would that were asleep under planets and then they would suddenly wake up and like you would be on a planet and you're like oh it's so great and then all of a sudden death robots just walking down the street shooting you with uh guns that rip you apart molecule by molecule um <laughs> and awesome. yeah uh, they've since gone on to like get a lot, a lot more lore, um, where now they actually have personalities. When they first came out, they didn't have any personalities. They were just, like I said, cold, unfeeling machines. Um, now they actually have like personalities and talk and all this type of stuff. But they, um, they're like one of the oldest factions, uh, in a way they were around way before any of these other factions. They like rose and fell. Um, they got tricked into giving away their, mortal bodies into these uh living metal shells and now they're mad that there's life in the universe well some of them are mad that there's life and some of them are just like oh just let them be uh they're an interesting faction i like them a lot <laughs> but yeah i mean who wouldn't enjoy a, a stroll with death robots <laughs> <laughs> yeah um next you have your uh tyranids um, which are like if the aliens from the Alien franchise and the Zerg from the StarCraft franchise uh, had like a baby, because that's pretty much what they were based off of. They are a hungering, devouring swarm, swarm of biogenetic um, monsters that just entire purpose is to kill feed by uh, kill gain biomass create news uh tyranids and move on to do that again 
So that's like their entire goal is just to do that again and again and again. And they're pretty terrifying. How terrifying are we talking? Like imagine if, so most of these other factions, right? Like there's goals and purpose. Like there's their ability to maybe communicate with them. The orcs just want to have a good fight, right? The Eldar are confusing and weird. The Necrons just want you off you just want you off the planet, right? The Tyranids want to eat and devour you and take your essence as an individual, melt it down, and then reconstitute it into some sort of terrible, horrific creature with talons and screaming maws of, you know, death. That kind of sounds like how the Reapers operate. Yeah, very similar to the Reapers. Uh, yeah, that's actually good. At, yeah. Well, yeah, Correlation. they're fine then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just want to, they just want to eat you, and melt you down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they're particularly scary because we don't even like in the galaxy. They're kind of like the they they have these um, like synapse fleets that come through. They're all like controlled by a greater uh, hive mind, um, and there's these long tendrils that are coming into the galaxy and like there's fears that there's like these aren't actually the real threat the real threat is still coming from the tyranids like this is just the, the like the little bugs that are around or like the bottom feeders and the real threats actually not even reached us yet and they're still pretty terrifying they're making their way to the heart of terra so that's what shepherd told the council about the geth and the reapers and no one listened to him so yeah never ends well never ends well um inside of that there's actually these things called gene stealers inside of the tyranids which are these kind of independent creatures from the hive mind that go out and get genetic code to kind of help the hive fleet grow and get better and they also help the hive fleet by prepping planets for the impending invasion by making gene stealer cults which are weird horrific abominations of gene stealers slash humans um and they they a gene stealer will infect humans and then they will slowly over generations adapt or uh, like get more and more of the genetic code from that and get like third arms or uh more like they'll become stronger this type of stuff and as the hive fleet grows closer, these cults will start rising up and destabilizing a planet. So it's easier for the hive fleet to take it over and eat that planet. Um, most of the cults think they're going to be like taken away by some sort of glorious God. Really, they're just going to be melted down for, um, you know, biomass. <laughs> One way to go. Yeah. So they're they're pretty new in the faction, but they're pretty they're, they're interesting at least. Um, I like their the idea behind them. Uh, then the game is called Warhammer, and there sounds like there are a lot of abysmal ways to perish in this game. Oh yeah, no grim dark man. Got to keep that in mind as we're talking. Grim dark, just terrible. <laughs> um, like people say one thing is terrifying and then it's like, I don't know, all these sound like pretty gruesome ways to go, but yeah. Me. So we'll talk about the two kind of, uh, last two Xenos factions here. The, uh, this one's more of a shining light, um, which is the Tau empire. Um, 
your like space communism um, is kind of the way of, like space religious Pope communism. Um, the Tao are blue fish people. Uh, they have super cool technology. They actually um, advanced very quickly. Um, when the Imperium first interacted with the Tao, they were like playing with fire. When they interacted with them a few thousand years later, they had super powered mech suits uh, and like rail guns and plasma weapons and were expanding out to like hundreds of planets. So the Tau are like potentially up and coming um, in the 41st millennium. They actually don't have that much of a psychic signature. So uh, most like the chaos demons don't actually really care about the Tau just because they don't really like mean anything to them they just have really cool guns and they're all about like the greater good and they incorporate other races so unlike a lot of these other races which hate other like you know everything is xenos they hate it therefore um the tau actually like incorporate other races into their armies and because of that they like thrive and prosper and they've even taken over some human colonies from the imperium and have like those people living in the that were living in the Imperium that are now living in the Tau Empire are living a much better life under the Tau rule. So, well, it's nice to hear someone is doing better. Yeah, they're doing okay, except for the fact that potentially the leaders of their faction, the um, uh, I can't remember what they're called, um, the leaders of the Tau faction potentially are mind controlling all the Tau uh, and making them do their will. Yeah, that might be imperial propaganda. That might not be imperial propaganda. Who knows? Hey, so, man. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Um, and then that brings us to our last faction, uh, who is the newest faction, actually. Um, and uh, uh, pretty much they're space dwarves. Okay. Space dwarf clones. Clone space dwarves. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're dwarves um effectively in this setting they um clones of they like not not like a one-to-one clone like if you clone yourself you'd be standing next to yourself more like they take your genetic essence and everybody else's genetic essences and then clone make a clone that's the best suited for a particular job based off of everyone's genetic essence so they're pretty interesting. They have like giant space forges that are supercomputers that house all the information of all the other uh, space dwarves that kept came before them. The, the the legions of Votan, I think, is what they're called, or how you pronounce it, I should say. So they're new. I don't know that much about them, but they 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 were humans, but aren't humans now. They're technically classified as Xenos, but yeah. So they did something that they probably weren't supposed to somewhere. And now things are, uh, I think, I think the, I think their stories that they went to the center of the galaxy and were like supposed to, uh, mine materials and then sent and then ship it back to like the Imperium of man. But they were like, man, this, that place sucks. We'll just stay here. And because they were at the center of the galaxy, the gravity was stronger. So they became short. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Yay. It's not all bad. No, no. Um, 
that, that's kind of how I have to judge things in this based on <laughs> how you've been describing everything. Cause it just sounds like you've said, and I guess you've proven your point, uh, shades of black. There's not a lot of, it's a fairly dismal world that's being built here. Yeah. It's it. Like I said, grimdark, it's all about the grimdark in the 41st millennium. Um, there's no goods, uh, like to keep the, and the God emperor is like, then I referred to him as the false emperor when I was talking about chaos stuff. Uh, he was mortally wounded by his son, Horus. Um, and then he got put in the golden throne on Terra, which is some sort of ancient technology that's keeping him alive, but he's just like a corpse effectively. Um, but every day, like, uh, thousands of psychers, uh, from across the Imperium have to be like killed so he can stay alive. Um, <laughs> so like even the Imperium man who's like semi good is like still really bad. Like they just like, they, they're just like cargo ships and cargo ships just showing up and being like, here's a thousand psychers. And it's like, cool, kill them all. Great. The emperor gets to live another day. Bring the next load in. <laughs> like need a hug or something. I think. <laughs> Yeah, that's and and that's why I'm so excited about what Henry Cavill is potentially going to be doing with them. He is truly he does care about this. There's been plenty of um, interviews that I've seen of him where he talks about like being interested in this type of stuff and like um, like you know his particular armies he likes. There was even I think a funny one where um, Henry Cavill, Tom Holland, uh, Zendaya, and another person I don't remember uh, were all doing like a interview together and. Henry Cavill was like talking about like, he's like, yeah, I do 40 K and blah, blah. And you play with models. And like Tom was like, Oh, that sounds super cool. I want to do that. And the two females uh, did not sound interested in that at all, but it was kind of fun to watch like Henry Cavill talk about it. And then like, he's like the, why, why I think he's a really good ambassador for nerdum is because he's like a, a very attractive guy looks very normal but then like is like yeah i play with tiny little models and it's totally cool so that's why i'm excited about it is because he has the potential he's passionate as we saw with him being like i don't want to do the witcher because you guys are messing around with this a lot more than i like it um it's not really loyal to the the books and the books are really great so he's like i'm done with this um plus he's got a lot of time on his hands for not being superman anymore so head up an entire project based around this terrible dark future. I mean, I am glad that he's a nerd in the public eye because it does help legitimize a lot of this stuff that he's into and maybe normalize that for some people. At the same time, he's kind of doing the rest of us a disservice because <laughs> none of us can measure up to how Henry Cavill looks. I mean, I'm sorry, ladies. But, uh, yeah, I, it's it's cool that he's a part of something he's passionate about. Again, I feel like he's been unlucky with both DC and The Witcher. I, I felt he was well cast as Superman and Geralt. So, hopefully third time's a charm for him, for nerd fandom stuff. Yeah. Uh, I am curious, just because I know that there's been talks about kind of how his been seeing stuff about his interactions with people um and it's and part of me wonders like if he potentially just is socially inept sometimes because um i saw a thing that talked about what was it some actress he was working with 
who's very young, uh, was underage, I think, was like talking to him about her personal life and like asking him about it. And he just shut her down, was just like, I don't think we should talk about this. This is, a, you know, we're in a work setting, like that type of thing. Part of me, he, he, like when they were telling that story, they were like, man, he's so rude. And I was like, no, he's a nerd. He doesn't know how to socially, he's, he's just doing his job. He just wants to get out of here so he can go paint models. He doesn't well, care about that. <laughs> and if she's underage, you know, probably not the best conversation to be engaging with anyway. Yeah. From an HR perspective, so... Yeah, it was just one of those things that I, I heard it and I was just like, I like you're trying to cast him as like this really mean dude, but I'm hearing it and going like, I don't have enough information to be like, yeah, he's a jerk. I'm hearing it and going, that's how I would respond to some type of people in some search in situations, because it's like, no, 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 I just want to leave here and go do my thing. Yeah, I don't I, I mean, I didn't know about that till just now but even hearing that i'm kind of in the same boat as you where no i mean it's just kind of he's either <laughs> he lacks the social skills or he's just looking out you know for what's ethical here which is <laughs> it's all good either way i think what's more at stake for him now is this being kind of like his third major nerd project that he's gotten behind and the other two not having worked out for reasons far beyond his control, especially with DC, maybe less so with The Witcher, but you know, still probably there. But this is kind of like, all right, dude, it's it's kind of time to you know, shit or get off the pot for, for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. Like you gotta you gotta make something happen, otherwise you're gonna be probably perceived as someone who's difficult to work with if you have this much control and then this doesn't work out either yeah that's that's why i think depending on which way we go about this uh with kind of where he's going or the thought process of the media they want to do there's a few ways um one thing i in reading a lot of the books um is sometimes really hard to do is connect with space Marines as characters because they're so they're superhuman. They uh, struggle with emotions. A lot of the time um, they are just amazing. They're like, I'm going to shoot this thing. Bang, 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 bang. All the things in the room are dead. Um, one shot, one, you know, one bullet, one kill that type stuff. So they're really sometimes hard to connect with. I would be interested to see if they would do something along the lines of, following a guard regiment um just kind of show and i think that i i want to lean more towards that because um guard regiments show you the brutality of the 40k universe because like i said when i was talking about them it, the problem like the, the imperial guards strategy is throw enough bodies and armor at it until it stops becoming a until it stops being a problem um, if we can't solve that problem with that, then we'll just simply exterminatus the planet, which means they just kill the entire planet either by glassing it or dropping biovirus bombs on it or exploding it, which is, um, sorry, small tangent here, but one of my, one of the games I really enjoy, um, a 40 K game, it like opens up and it's just like, this planet's falling to chaos. And it's like some sort of typing out thing. And it's just like, it's like this planet's fallen to chaos solutions. And like the first response is, is like exterminatus, um, which is just killed an entire planet. <laughs> and 
and yeah. then it like the response then it's like thinking 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 and then its response back is no it's too valuable and it's like okay fine um but i love the fact like that's the imperium of man is like is solve it by throwing as much as you possibly can at it or is it even really worth it to kill to throw that much at it we can just blow the planet up and be done so i personally would like them to see kind of follow a guard regiment kind of like a band of brothers type thing show the brutality of it um admittedly you'd be just losing so many imperial guard left right and center but then there also is the potential that they might just do uh, an inquisitor storyline because an inquisitor can go a little bit more free where they want to go uh, they can get involved in a lot of different stories. Uh, there's several books uh, based around Inquisitors that get involved with uh, heresy and chaos and Xenos uh, and, you know, gene stealers and orcs and stuff like that. So I think that also that potentially would be a really good way of like showing the world less of the brutality of it because most Inquisitors are pretty bamps. So that's kind of I feel like the two ways they might go with it is either imperial guard or an inquisitor type feel i think it sounds like you're you put a lot of thought into where it makes sense for them to start even attempting to try and adapt something like this into a tv series um and i hope that means that cavill is being equally as shrewd especially how much he's probably getting paid um, to find a, a smart way to go about this um, and try and reach a different audience because you are making this for the fans and it's important that it's handled with care and adapted well, but you also need to get some casual viewers in, you know, yeah. worth the while. And the only way to really do that is to create, you know, an intriguing singular story that they can follow because oh, if you just nerdgasm all over the place <laughs> season one that's just too much for the casual folks who are like nope I'm, I'm out i i don't know what to make of any of this and yeah that's why so many or at least one reason why so many video game nerd adaptations have failed so that's gonna be the challenge here and i hope that they you know, find a good place to start and they follow through with that. Yeah, I agree. I, it's, it is one of those things. Like even as a loyal fan, like sometimes I'll pick up these books, I'll pick up books and be like, Oh my, I like, I need to look into like, now I need to research what the hell they're talking about. And I'm reading a book like that's a lore that yeah. I like. So uh, that is one of my concerns is that it will be a, passion project, but I'm hoping that they're able to introduce it in such a way that, other people can be like, oh, it's kind of like Dark Star Wars. Okay, cool. I can get behind this type stuff. Yeah, you don't want to play dumb, but you got to give them something they can latch on to at least. And that's, that's just hard. I, <laughs> my, my heart goes out to those writers. Right. Good luck, fellas. <laughs> and gals. Yep. And all people. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, if you don't have any other questions, Jesse, I mean, you probably have a thousand questions, but wrapping up the podcast. <laughs> far more questions than would a lot for this particular show. Um, I guess I'll just kind of end it by how confident are you in the fact that 
they'll actually be able to pull this adaptation off? Because uh, I sitting here, man, and just kind of having an outsider's perspective and hearing about how massive all this is, I'm a little skeptical that they're going to be able to do I, it. I'm very skeptical. Like I said, I think it, it all depends on how they introduce it. If they go the Inquisitor route, I feel like it's it's pretty easy to explain, especially if they potentially do it as a um, new Inquisitor, uh, a fresh uh, Inquisitor that's now been elevated to their full status, or they're like maybe learning from an older Inquisitor type thing. Uh, if they do it as like being introduced to more and more of this universe through that eyes, or they do it as like, one of our main characters is a guardsman that gets swept into an inquisitor retinue and the guardsman only knew what was what you know the small little thing because most most people in the 41st millennium have no idea about a lot of this stuff like uh, your basic guardsman might know what an orc is because they fought an orc but they have no idea that demons actually exist they just know it's religious uh you know the religious thing of keeping yourself your, your willpower in the god emperor uh they have no idea what an eldar is they have no idea what a tyranid is but they know what an orc is and then they get swept up into an inquisitor retinue and then that's when they learn about the greater world and they're consistently going well what's this what's that i think that might be a way for them to be able to introduce more of this stuff to a general audience but I am very hesitant. I'm pro I'm probably like a, a six out of ten confidence that they are going to be able to pull this off. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, maybe things have changed a bit recently, but uh, video game adaptations as a whole are have a very spotty track record at best. So, yeah, and we can even get into book adaptations and other stuff. It seems to hit or miss sometimes. Yeah, I guess The Witcher was that way for Cavill, which I enjoy the show, but I guess I haven't read enough of the books or the source material to have a solid opinion on that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was just curious um, as, a, as a pretty big fan. I hope it works out for you, but I, I'm a little afraid for you, my friend. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do an episode when they announce whatever they're going to talk about, and then we can talk about my actual feelings towards it when they actually come out. We'll see. I will be there with bells on. Great. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. We try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays, or this particular episode's different. Um, but hey, if we got anything wrong, um, if I'm wildly off base in some of my uh, lore stuff, please let me know. Like I said, I'm no expert. Um, but I'd like to hear about what maybe your favorite faction is. Um, so email us at hit the real podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hit the real podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And, and also feel free to take a look at our Patreon in the description of the episode. We'd love the support and like always, Hey, keep it real. Thank you.